So any gardeners here? Anybody? It's always some. Okay, good for you. Um, I've always been kind of a off and on gardener, depending on where I'm living and what piece of land I have available. Um, when I lived at our seminary building in Washington, D.C. for many years, I had a really lovely garden. In the center of the building, there was this big open courtyard with these really nice raised planting beds. And uh, before I got there, it had really gone to rack and ruin because nobody was really interested in it. And so over the course of a few years, I rehabbed all this space and turned it into mostly herb gardens. So I had the bed near the kitchen full of culinary herbs, and then I had a bed that was all medicinal herbs. I had a fragrance garden, which was kind of fun. Uh, I had a bed full of biblical herbs, and all the way in the back, the deadly poisons. <laughs> because you just never know. <laughs> Actually, the truth is that they had beautiful flowers, the foxgloves and the aconites and nightshades and things like that, uh, but you don't want them in a salad. <laughs> One of my favorite gardening books is called Square Foot Gardening. And in it, the uh, author recommends giving up these long, inefficient ro planting rows in the garden, which take up a lot of space and tend to attract weeds and don't really grow vegetables and things in the quantities that you want and need. After all, who's going to eat the produce of a 15-foot row of radishes? That's a lot of radishes. I have one radish and I'm done, like for the season. <laughs> like, why would anybody eat this? I don't know. 15 feet of radishes? No. So instead, in square foot gardening, he recommends planting in like divided squares and planting only as much of the things that you'll actually use. But the fact is that over time, styles of agriculture have changed radically. We're used to seeing fields planted in nice neat rows, but that hasn't been the way it's always been done. For most of the history of the human race, farmers planted by scattering. The soil was what it was, and without machinery and power tools, there wasn't much you could do about the condition of the soil. If you were lucky and had some kind of big animal, you might be able to plow, but mostly you took the soil as you found it. Which brings us to today's parable. The parable of the sower has a farmer scattering seed without much control over where it lands. Bad soil, good soil, in the weeds, on the rocks. Uh, there's no controlling where the seeds will end up. And as is usually the case, how you interpret the parable depends largely on where you place yourself in it. If you see yourself as the sower, then it's all about the unpredictable results of our efforts to spread God's love or God's word. If you see yourself more as the scattered seed, then it's all about the difficulty of living a Christian life in a dangerous and unwelcoming world. And those are the two most common ways of interpreting these parables of the sower. But what if you're not the sower or the seed? What if you're the soil? That changes things a bit. If you're the soil, then the sower is God and the seed is what God scatters, grace. 
like scattered seed, God's grace is a gift that is freely given. The soil doesn't earn the seed and we don't earn grace. It's free. That's what grace means. And it's given to accomplish the task that God intends for it. But we have free will and God's grace can be resisted. We can be as hard as a footpath where the seeds will bounce off, wasted because we can't accept it. Or we can receive what God gives us, but only allow it to penetrate so far. These might be Christians in name only, or perhaps those of us who haven't allowed our faith to grow, but insist on clinging to our same understanding of our faith that we had when we were 12 years old. These seeds sprout in the rocks, but only grow a little. Maybe your soil has become overgrown with thorns, in a life cluttered by things or distracted by trivial concerns or overrun by too many voices counter to the gospel, God's grace can be choked out and withered. So how's your soil? Are you ready to receive the seeds that God has planted in your life? Has the soil of your life been turned and cleared, maybe even fertilized? And I'm not going to go too far into that image. Uh, any gardener will tell you that really soil can be improved. Work in some compost, add a bit of peat or organic matter, maybe improve the drainage. Mostly what's needed to improve the soil is work. So if your soil isn't great, if you feel like your spiritual life isn't productive, work on it. Add some spiritual reading, try a different style of prayer. Work on building a community through acts of service or generosity. If you've been going through some changes or transitions, or if you're feeling the need to clear out the weeds and pull out some of the rocks, then maybe you're ready to accept some new seeds and find some new movement of God's grace in your life. So prep your soil, wait for God's seeds and take them in, and then get ready for a return of 30 or 60 or a hundredfold.